It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Hey, welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Uh, Today we have a great guest, but before we introduce him, we need to do a little bit of PR work, I guess you would say, Robbie. Is Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah, I guess we could say that. I don't know. Hey, we have some freaking sweet merch. If you want to buy some of our merch, that'll help our podcast out. Um, Robbie said last time, I think it'll help to keep the lights on, though. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how, you know, buying a $20 shirt's going to keep his lights lights on, but maybe, I don't know. We'll see. So anyway. <laughs> we have uh we have some sweet stickers we have um oh i said sweet again my wife always gets mad at me like you say that way too much so maybe i need to find another it is sweet i mean they are sweet don't get me wrong uh we got sti- stickers uh buffs tanks or if you're a roadrunner singlets uh <laughs> <laughs> all those roadrunners out there they hate us we might have one that listens uh we have shirts uh, the shirts are cool. Live, laugh, adventure. Um, you know that that's a pretty sweet one. Pretty, uh, pretty basic white girl uh, shirt shirt design of you. Um, <laughs> we have the hoodies. I don't know what what else we got, Robbie. We got dog bandanas or regular bandanas. So if you want to, you know, have your dog wearing a bandana supporting our gear, that'd be awesome. I did not know we had dog bandanas. That's really cool. <laughs> Those are kind of new. Yeah, we both have dogs. We love dogs. And if you love your dog, you'll buy a Golden Hour Adventures dog bandana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see also, your dog on the trail wearing one. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really cool. Also, um, if you like this podcast, go into your favorite podcast platforms and write us a review. It helps us out. Um, it helps you out because it helps us out. And if you like our podcast, you helping us is helping you. So... Uh, we're going to do a little giveaway if we get um, a couple more reviews. Let's just say do a review and we may send you something. How's that sound? Robbie, you agree with that? I agree. We'll buy reviews. I'm good with that. I have no shame. Yeah. <laughs> Should we introduce our guest now? deal with the algorithm somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Should we introduce our guest? He's probably just sitting there like, God, what is going on? All right. Let's do it. Today's guest is a professional disc golfer and ultra marathoner, Josh Holbein. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Did I say that right? Professional yep. disc golfer? Is there? Yep, that's true. Okay. Yep. I didn't know if there's like, what was, the, there's some other terms for it in there is uh, like, oh, it's not Frisbee golf. It's disc golf. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Frisbee golf or frolf is what you do when you bring a six pack of beer and like a couple joints and then you just smoke on the course with your buddies. Disc golf, that's the real shit. Like that's, that's, you know, real okay. right there. So. so minus the, the, <laughs> the joints, I feel like, what is it called? A frother? Frolf, Frisbee golf. That's kind of, yeah, oh, okay. that's like that, the that's casual. What I, that's what I want to do. I want to yeah. drink some beer and throw, throw some discs around or Frisbees. Yeah, I, I save that for afterwards. I can't it like messes with my form. Like I gotta, I gotta stay stone cold sober. So ultra marathons, like, dude, give me, give me Fireball, give me Malort, you know. But just Malort, like, oh yeah, 
Must be a TJM fan, first of the Lord. <laughs> there we go. Oh, look, he's got oh, the, he's uh, repping the shirt. He's repping the shirt. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll see him, he'll have a, uh, a Golden Hour Ventures one. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us. How did you get into disc golf? So growing up, my grandma watched us. So my parents were working. So I was like, you know, before school, uh, four or five years old. Um, and then, you know, throughout the summer as I was little, but two houses down from her was a park that had a disc golf course and I was allowed to play hole one and two because then she could see me. So I would play hole one and two almost all day long. I'd steal the dogs, frisbees and everything. And, um, then I turned 14 and got my first actual set of, of actual disc golf discs and immediately started playing tournaments and leagues. Uh, I started a club at school, um, and then pretty much just kind of been playing ever since, um, got out of it for a couple of years, uh, after the course of having kids and everything but uh, i've always kind of played it but then last year uh, moving to sioux falls um got back into it pretty heavily and uh, last year i had probably the, the best year i've played so far so nice definitely well, love we, the game we jumped a lot of years here let's go back no. a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a, a from lot like of time from 14 to 32 all right the podcast is over thanks guys nope, nope. <laughs> so when you were 14, you, you got your first set, um, yep. of, of actual disc. So like, talk me into, I've played like a couple of times. I don't know a lot about it, but, um, I'm going to go on a, on a limb and say, Robbie doesn't know anything. So explain like what a, I'm probably insulting him. Robbie's probably like, I've been playing for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. He's a hidden semi-pro. You don't even know. <laughs> so explain to I'll us like what a set it. is. Cause I, I so, you know, when you when you so it's like um if you're if you're familiar with golf you know you don't go golfing with one club you know you have your driver you have your fairway you know your putter etc so disc, disc golf is is very similar in which each disc does something a little different so you have a driver mid-range putter um and then they fly differently um we call it overstable or understable that just means uh if you're throwing it with your right hand does it go left more or does it go right more um so with your starter set, you're going to get kind of a fairway driver, uh, which is going to be a pretty straight flying disc. Uh, you'll get a mid-range, you'll get a putter. And really, that's all you need. And, and that's kind of one of the beauties of disc golf is really you, you can go out and just play with one disc uh, and have a good time. I mean, it's it's a walk in the woods with a purpose. Uh, yeah. So, but then you get hooked and you want to get a bag and then you carry like 20 different Frisbees and then you can't stop buying them and you have a trunk full. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know I've seen like just randomly like flipping channels. I've seen like the tournaments online now or yeah. not online, but on, you know, they, they air them on ESPN and stuff like that. So it's yeah, gotten, it's, I would say it's gotten pretty big, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's YouTube, uh, Jomez Productions is probably the pinnacle of it, but uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is a thing that's been getting bigger the last couple of years. And yeah, ESPN2, I think it's had it on there a couple of times. So um, there was a couple of failed attempts at like being ESPN where the guy who was running it, uh, he hired Hooters girls to sit at the tee and it was just really <laughs> tacky. So that so was like, like the ESPN so, Yeah, yeah, it was, that's where that one stayed. But no, they're, they're finally like, yeah, we have like a professional level you know production so just ignore that guy um so yeah if you're i mean there's it's more popular than ever and it's very accessible so i'm glad to see it growing that is cool because usually you drive by um uh, is it called a course a disc golf yeah, course so you'll drive by a course and you'll just see like I don't know. When I was growing up, it was kind of like, oh, that's the hippie game, you know, like yeah. the hippies <laughs> yeah, out there yeah, playing yeah. exactly what you said, like smoking a joint, like drinking some beer, like 
having fun. It's kind of like a hippie game. And then I don't mean to offend anybody, but it's just, I don't know. Anyway, that was the the game, but it seems like it's grown now and it's actually be catching a lot of traction. Like more and more people are playing it. You got guys that have mul- like million dollar contracts. So it's, oh uh, there's money in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is cool. That's starting to gain a little bit of traction. I, uh, I got invited to play this past summer for the first time. And I was kind of like, I don't know if this is the the thing for me, but finally got talked into it, went out and had an absolute blast. It was really fun. Um, some of the courses, I mean, they're really, I mean, if you're a trail runner, there's some courses that are absolutely a workout. Um, if you're familiar with North Dakota, that's where I grew up. Uh, we have a course in Mandan that over the course of 18 holes, um, you're getting just a little over about a thousand feet of elevation and uh, about three miles uh, of walking. So, um, yeah, there's, there's such a different variety of courses where you can just have a park where you're walking two, two to five miles, depending on the length or, you know, you can get to like uh, Montana where you're thrown in the mountains and uh, it's a, it's a workout. So, yeah. So what, what makes the difference? I mean, I, I know this is going to be a kind of a stupid question, but what makes the difference in someone who like, let's just say me, I just started, I'm throwing a Frisbee. I have a little bit of arm strength, um, you know, was taught a little bit of technique from one of the guys that I was there with. Like, what's the difference in him throwing or me throwing and let's just say a professional? Uh, the professional's form is going to probably look way different than yours. Uh, they're going to have like a, what's called an X step. So uh, it's, it's kind of looking like a cool dance move. Uh, really a lot of, I mean, it's like the the happy Gilmore. It's all in the hips. It's all in the <laughs> hips. So uh, a lot of the power is generated from a transfer uh, in your hips. So you're starting, um, you're doing a little three step X step, and then you're transferring the weight from one hip to the other. Your arm is basically like a pulley and a lever system, and you're just, snapping it so they're gonna probably have more arm speed and be able to control it a little bit better so um probably throwing you know 400 feet accurately and wow. they make it look effortlessly that's the that's the biggest thing is uh you could watch me throw and you're like how did you throw that far, far? it just looks like you spun around like a ballerina so <laughs> <laughs> and i see sometimes the guys throwing like sidearm and it looks yeah there's it looks really weird but their, yeah, their frisbees go like super disc. They go super far. Yeah. A lot of people, if they come from a baseball background, that's how they'll throw because it's a very similar motion to that and just throwing a baseball. So, or you'll see some overhand. Uh, there's a, a guy up in Dickinson who has been playing baseball, softball for years, and he just throws, it's called a thumber. He throws it overhand and it's just super far, super straight. So wow. There's doesn't matter how you throw the disc, you know, as long as you get into the basket. So last year you had what you said was one of your better years. So when you, when you had kids, you said you kind of slowed down in your, in your game, like, and did you just start casually going back and back out and picking it up and getting better? And, and then, you know, like walk us through that side of the story. Yeah. More consistency, really. Um, basically just playing more. So if you're consistently doing something, you're naturally going to get better on it. So putting, uh, making more putts, throwing a little further, um, seeing different courses and different competition here. So, um, you know, playing with better people will make you better. So it's really more or less just, you know, being able to consistently practice, do field work, play competitively. And then that equaled some, some much better finishing spots in tournaments. Um, whereas before, you know, I'd play when I can, but, uh, 
busy schedule between two jobs and raising kids. I didn't get to play as much as I'd liked and go to tournaments and I'd miss miss cash by one or two places and it was you know a little frustrating so decided to take more of a casual approach to it and uh you know that's when i discovered running so some good came out of it but now that i'm back and kind of have some more time balancing between running and, and disc golf but uh yeah definitely more more into disc golf at this time but uh it's it's hard to beat how awesome trail running and uh running ultras is so that'll always be there as well yeah Plus, you, you didn't you, do that in the winter, but you can't really play disc in the winter. Yeah, that's true. You said you went out practice, so it's kind of like just practicing, you know, golf. People go out to like their driving range. Is yep. there a driving range for disc golf? In in uh, in Sioux Falls, there's a, there's a course at Tut Hill. Um, so if you're familiar with that area at all, uh, basically you, it's like a wide open. It's like an ice rink in the winter. Uh, so at the bottom, <laughs> there's like a from the parking lot to a hole. You have like 700 feet wide open. So there's your driving range. Um, with putting practice, I have two baskets at my house, but you can go to any course and just you know, putt. That's 100 putts, 200 putts, whatever you want to do. Just get that consistency. We have a, a really good um, league here uh, with some really awesome people, and we have a putting league every Wednesday. So we have a indoors uh, in a bar where we set up six baskets and we have a competitive putting league that's a blast and then it's just you know if you want to do putt and approach yes yeah, it's, it's very similar to golf you just go out there and, and do your field work and then it translates to lower scores nice yeah so it sounds like you you really kind of focused in and that's always been my yeah, yeah. That's that's how I spend my lunch breaks. Usually, I get out of the office. Uh, I usually prep my food, so I got you know meal prep, which I'm sure we'll get into because that's a pretty big part of my story. But uh, I usually will prep my food, so my hour lunch break, I'll go to the course or go for a run, um, do my field work, come back, uh, change my clothes, pop my meal in, and then just work and eat at my desk. Okay, what? Um, so, so talk us into how you how you became pro just kind of playing playing tournaments there's different levels so usually you'll have like rec uh recreational intermediate advanced and then open is what it's called but that's the pro so as you play more i mean if you win in one of the lower events and then you try playing another event you get called a sandbagger so you have to move up i mean it's just pure pressure into it oh we know sandbaggers um, way too well <laughs> plus the uh the other side is when you're when you're not playing it open when you're playing at one of the am levels you can't walk away with money unless it's an unsanctioned tournament so there's uh pdga which is like the sanctioning body it's like the pdga pga um, so if it's an official sanctioned tournament and you're not playing pro, you have to accept plastic or discs. Well, you've been playing for a while. You have all the discs that you want. So you just keep accumulating discs. Uh, you try to sell them for money. Oh, so or you, win, you, you actually win discs from, from tournaments yeah. then. Okay. You know, or, you know, bags or, you know, other things. But yeah, you, if you're playing as am, you can only accept non-cash prizes. Oh, okay. So when you play open, that's, that's where the money's at. So you want to play open and plus like, I mean, you want to play, like, if you want to get better, you want to play with better people. So I, I tend to, I, I jumped into open as, I was a little hesitant because I mean, I didn't cash and open for almost two years, but, um, you know, then you just keep, keep getting hungry and wanting to get better better so competition what is the cash prize in some of these tournaments it really depends i mean if you're playing like the pro tour ones which i don't have a chance of winning i mean there's tens of thousand dollar prize uh, first place can win 15 20 i think 40 wow if i'm not mistaken was the highest 
um last year but in like local tournaments it, it would really depend i mean there's like a couple that are two grand one grand you know a couple hundred dollars um i think the most i won this year at a tournament was like 450 which i'm I'm throwing discs in the woods for a weekend walking away with 450 is pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> so what's the style of uh of running a tournament or doing a tournament so is it is it kind of like a golf tournament where you play three separate days or how many rounds yep. do you do um, so in in that there's also different tiers. So there's like a A tier, B tier, C tier as far as sanctioning goes, and each of them has a different. So obviously your A tiers are going to be bigger. Um, usually those are multi day events, so two or three days, and you're playing one or two rounds a day. Typically, because I'm a family man, I want to stick to like the B tier, so I'll play like two rounds in a day and call it good. Um, you know, if it's a local one, then I can get away with, you know, two rounds one day, one round the next. So it really depends. Each tournament's a little different, but most of the time it's a minimum two rounds. And then, um, you know, some of them are, you know, three rounds over the course of two days or three days. Uh, if you have like a state's tournament, something bigger, those might even be, you know, four days, uh, your one round a day. Uh, I like to combine my love of ultra marathon and disc golfing. And I run an Ironman event where we play three or four rounds in one single day, sun up to sundown. So it's like an wow. endurance event. Um, those are yeah. fun, but those aren't, those aren't sanctioned. So. Yeah, that's cool. So, so how did the pro card come into this? You just, you'd won a couple tournaments and you got yeah, invited or? Um, no, it's, you can, I mean, if you want to be a pro disc golfer, you send PDGA 70 bucks and you're a pro. I mean, oh. anyone can do it. Yeah. Oh. So if you want to write that on your resume, <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I won like, uh, I, like novice or hearing me a wreck and whatever the lowest one is. Uh, I didn't want to move up from that until I won a tournament and I finally won, but like I won by like 15 throws. So it just wasn't even fair. Yeah. <laughs> so from there I moved up to advance, uh, which is the one step below pro and I was competitive. I mean, I'd usually like take top five and then eventually, I mean, I just been, I've been playing long enough. There was no reason. I mean, my friends that I've been known forever were playing in open. So I didn't have any reason not to, so I just hopped in there and once you're in open, you can't really go back down. So you're, you're stuck there. So you're just at that higher level and that competitive level then. Yeah. So once the kids are all graduated and in school, I'll get the camper and then me and my wife will go do the masters like tour where you have to be at least 40 years old. So that's cool. That's, that's the retirement plan. <laughs> just traveling around throwing discs. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I kind of joke if I didn't meet my wife in high school, that was my career plan. So like in my English class, for senior year, um, instead of the senior paper, we had to do one on what career we wanted to be. And this wasn't just like, oh, I want to be a veterinarian. Like, this is your path. Like, I want to be this. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to succeed in this career. So I did on mine on being a disc golfer, right? Teacher wasn't having it. She's like, that's not a job. You can't do that. And I was like, no, I, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is literally my life. This is all I do when I'm not in school. And because there's more than just playing discs. I mean, if if you're sponsored, I mean, you're, uh, especially if you're actually touring the country, playing on the tour, you have to do clinics. You have to, um, you know, do like your fundraising discs. So you're selling discs out of your van. You're doing like, hey, you know, I'm a pro. I'll give you lessons for 40 bucks or something like that. You have to maintain like a brand. And this was really before social media. I mean, I was 17 and you know, 2007. So, um, kind of knowing what goes into that. And by the end of the teacher's like, well, yeah, you really know your stuff. Like, I, I guess so. this is something you really want to do, but, uh, it didn't, uh, you know, met, <laughs> met my, uh, my then she's my wife, but we met in high school and, uh, kind of got, uh, didn't, 
decide to take the van to live down by the river in California. So here I am. <laughs> but when you hear someone's a pro, you kind of think like, oh man, they got it made. They just show up, they throw some discs, they make a lot of money and then they go home. But like you describing how you have to like nickel and dime people, you have to sell discs out of your van, you have to give lessons, you have to beg, borrow and steal this, that and the other. And it's just kind of like, that's the true Oh, it's, no, it's true like, pro. It, unless you're like the top like five in the world, I would say what you have like those million dollar contracts you have, like, it, like, um, there's actually another guy from the, um, South Dakota area, Ezra Adaholt, really good. I mean, top 15 in the world, you could say, uh, top 20. And, uh, last year, I mean, he, he had a, a camper. I mean, you're driving around the whole time. You're eating meals in a camper. Uh, I mean, you're that good it's it's very niche i mean it's very like ultra running where unless you're the elite of the elite this is a it's a job of passion i mean you're not you're getting to do something you love and i mean yeah it's paying the bills you're getting by but it's so much work i mean you're always moving you're always on the go um you know it's 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 a lot of work but you're getting to do something you love you know you're getting to throw frisbees in the woods so it can't be that bad Robbie, I feel like I've been asking all the questions and I know you got one that's just itching at you. (laughs) How much do these tournaments cost? That that also depends. So when you're playing open tournaments, they're definitely a lot more expensive. They can be seventy to two hundred dollar, you know, entry fees. Once you get into like the the big national tour ones, you're looking at you know multiple hundred dollar entry fees. Um, so the guys with the sponsorships usually those will get paid for or reduced. And then there's uh, depending on how you do in the tournament, there's also placement bonuses you get as well. But yeah, it's I mean. I would say 50 is probably the cheapest, but right like 80 to 100 is very common uh, entry fee for a pro tournament. And how many holes are you playing? Is it 9, 18? Um, it, it has to be a minimum of 18, I believe. Um, there's there's every sanctioning, like for a beach year, it has to be like a minimum of 30 six or something like that um but yeah typically you're paying 18 18 around there are some courses that are 27 there's some that are 24 um there's some weird like um couple of it but if you're if it's a nine hole course you're playing two or three laps of it huh. so you keep mentioning uh i guess we'll, we'll steer away from disc golf i think we've we beat that one into the ground. <laughs> maybe it'll come back around. I don't know. I Maybe I'll think of something in a minute. But you keep mentioning ultra running. Um, and I read your story a little bit online. Um, and kind of what drove me is obviously you're ultra runner. So that, that drove me. But the disc golf thing as well. But I saw that you you lost a lot of weight and got into running. And so those those stories kind of always inspire me when when someone sets out to lose a bunch of weight and then you know ultimately finds a the sport that Robbie and I love so dear. Um, t- tell us the story, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, it's, it's my story. So I love telling it. I, I could tell it, you know, every day. Um, but so I used to weigh a little over 400 pounds. I think 400 was my highest official weigh in, but I obviously weighed more than that, that I didn't know about. And, um, 
you know, decided I, I needed to do something about it. So in starting the, the weight loss journey, um, I, you know, I could go back where I've tried and failed at least three, four or five different times. Um, just because there's, I, I didn't, you know, wasn't super knowledgeable about it. Um, I tried the whole, well, you know, I'm just eating a bunch of crap. Let me eat healthier. But then by healthier, I was still eating a lot of stuff. So instead of eating like two gas station sandwiches and a soda, I would get like two cliff bars and like an healthy energy drink, like a Sobe drink, you know, same amount of calories. So I really wasn't, you know, losing weight or figuring it out. Um, but then I kind of learned about, you know, calories and energy and, and how it all works and um, started successfully losing weight. And then with the eating, I was obviously like, well, if I'm eating right, like I feel more energetic, I'm going to start walking. So from my house where I lived to a Chinese restaurant, it was two miles exactly. So I would walk there and back and be two miles. And that would take me, I mean, 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour some days just to walk it. And I, you know, was like, as I was going, I mean, this was kind of a couple, couple months and I was successful losing. How, the how long ago getting... was this? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just um, know, like timeline was. I would say so. So my oldest is seven and I really kind of successfully started losing weight right about like a year before she was born. So that was eight years ago. Okay. Um, about so as I started, I got down to like 350-ish and I started saying, you know, like one day I'm I'm gonna run this. Uh, I'm gonna run this two mile stretch. And I mean, I kind of laughed at myself because I the last time I ran was like the mile in middle school and I ran like a 17 minute mile. So <laughs> never really ran. I mean, disc golf, I could I would walk and play disc golf all day. Um, even being 400 pounds, I was still pretty active. I was just, you know, eating uh, just terribly. And uh, <clears throat> So kept going, kept going. And once I hit about 300-ish, I was like, all right, I'm going to start you know, giving running a try. So um, you know, with the caveat that, hey, if, if anything hurt, I'm going to stop because it's still pretty big to be running. Yeah. But nothing hurt. I did the couch to 5K, the Zen Labs. And I mean, I wasn't running very fast at all, but I was I was jogging. Um, so basically did the couch to 5k working my way towards uh, the turkey trot, uh, which is uh, the Thanksgiving 5k. That was my first goal race. And I remember, um, week five, day three of couch to 5k. If you make it there, that's when you can call yourself a runner. Cause what you're doing is you're, if you're not familiar with couch to 5k, you're running intervals. So it's not just, oh, you go out and run as fast as you can and you made it two blocks and then you're huffing, you're puffing. You're like, why the hell do people run? You know, this is a slow buildup of you walk five minutes and then you'll like run intervals. So run one minute, walk two, run one, walk two. And each day it's a little different. So the whole idea of it is you build up. So you're yeah. able to run five, walk three, run whatever. And if you're an ultra running, I mean, we all know here, but the secret is those, most of those people aren't running the whole time. There's there's still intervals involved. There's a lot of walking and ultra running. We call it power hiking, but... Um, <laughs> 30 to 40 so, miles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so it's really, I mean, just an interval thing. But on week five, day three, you were running for 20 minutes straight. And I remember looking at that workout plan. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, what the hell? And I ran 20 minutes straight and it was a little over a mile. So that was the first time I really on purpose ran without stopping a mile. And I was so excited that I went home and my wife worked as a CNA, so she had to get to work at five in the morning. So she, her alarm clock was set at four in the morning. It's about nine thirty, ten o'clock at night at this point. She'd obviously been in bed for a couple hours. 
And I come home and I am just ecstatic. I need to tell somebody. So I woke her up. I'm like, oh, I just I just ran a mile for the first time. I did it. I was so That's excited. Awesome. And she is just like not having it. She's like, <laughs> I, I need to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep here. I got to be up at four. Like, so she clearly wasn't as enthusiastic as I was. But uh, <laughs> I bet you didn't so, sleep at all that night. Oh, no, I was just I was amped. I was ready just to pumped. keep running. Um, so I did the, uh, did the first Turkey trot. I think my, my time was like just under 40 minutes, which is you know, pretty good for a first time 5k. And then, you know, you go like, what do I do from there? Um, so obviously 10k is the next distance. So I ran a couple more 5k's and then I started the Zen labs couch to 10k. And then I remember one night just being bored. I was like three weeks into it. I was like, I'm just going to run until I can't run anymore and see what happens. And I ended up running like an hour and 15 minutes 10k but like I, I felt fine the whole time and i was like holy shit i just ran a 10k <laughs> so like felt on top of the world again and then you know you go well what's next well the next thing is a half marathon so as i'm training for the half marathon i haven't even hit the half marathon yet i discover a running podcast called 10 junk miles and uh, I know you guys are familiar with it. So we were talking before, um, but 10 Junk Miles is uh, is another a fellow running podcast where they have a really good community feel to it. And um, it's very similar uh, to your guys' style where they you know just take kind of stories of the, the middle or back of the pack and it's just whatever you know, cool people are doing cool things. So instantly kind of fell in love with that and got to know the community and was like, hey, if you know, this ultra marathon thing is pretty cool, I didn't know about trail running. That seems cool. It seems way better than just running on pavement because that gets kind of boring after a while. So before I had even ran my first half, I had it in my head. I'm like, I could run it. I can run an ultra. So I had quite, <laughs> quite the hill to climb. So I was like, all right, let's finish this half marathon first. So I went and ran the Fargo half marathon. Um, and just, I think I did it about two, two hours and 30 minutes, somewhere around there. I think I was like two thirty two, Yeah. Cause two thirty was my goal time. Missed it by two. Well, that was, you know, it's close enough. I was pretty static. I mean, I went from not <laughs> getting off the couch and being addicted to video games to, Hey, I just ran a fucking half marathon so, so what is uh what, what what is your weight looking like at this point so you lost 300 you did your 5k like what's the time difference in in your your 300 pound so i think started running to to running your first half marathon i think i was down to about 250 to 60 it just sounds about right um and then when when you lose weight i think that somebody has i i don't i don't have the reference in front of me but i believe that every i think I read somewhere that every pound of fat you lose you run like it's like two seconds per minute per mile that you shave off so just losing weight and it makes you faster but obviously you're running and things like that i never really did any dedicated speed work i tried like uh a friend offered to do some running coaches. I tried doing um, like running plans and I found that I just want to like get out my damn door and run. Like, I don't want to have to do the, do uh, one mile at this speed and then like do tempo or do, you know, like hill repeats are kind of fun. But other than that, like, I just like, go out like i need to run five miles today that's all i that's all i want to plan oh hill repeats so, are the worst i'll do every <laughs> single speed workout out there i hate hill repeats i just like the fact <laughs> that you get to like just go balls out as fast as you can oh. up a hill and then you kind of walk down i, I can't stand them like, <laughs> <laughs> um 
So other than that, yeah, I just like to, I don't like any structure. I just like, hey, go run for an hour, go run for five miles or whatever it is. So I wasn't doing any focused on getting faster, but as I lost weight, I, I got faster. Um, so then after that half marathon, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to do a do an ultra. So I hadn't even done a marathon at this point. I have two 5Ks under my belt. Um, <laughs> fast forwarding to this day, fun fact, I have more ultra marathon finishes than I do 5K finishes. Wow. And like I already have that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that streak alive. So no more of these fun 5K. <laughs> but here's the thing: like you got to go do a 5K and do it for speed now. That's true. I got to like, go. You got to go do speed 5Ks, and that's where it gets gross. Like I'd rather oh, yeah. run a 50K than a fast 5K. Like oh yeah, I've, I've done unofficial. Sure. Like I I had to break the the 30 minute 5K, and like I did that. I, I think I. My fastest one I did is I broke like a 29, which probably, I mean, by my standard is, is fast. I mean, there's always somebody faster, but like you said, yeah, you're going like, that's a whole new world of difference of, of suck is huge. Yeah. I don't really ever judge like speed. Cause you know, like you're fast as someone's slow, you're slow yep. as someone's fast. And so it's like, I, I don't, you know, we're all runners. Like who cares who, how yeah. fast you run things in? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't ever really judge on on like, oh, I ran this and I ran that. But, you know, I have my own personal records, but that I like try to yep. beat. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really like put a lot of value in, in speed. I guess that's the trail runner in me and not the road runner. Well, same. So. <laughs> I would I would much rather, yeah, take as much time as you want, take in the scenery, enjoy it, have a good time, laugh. Then yeah. I need to get this eight mile turn done as fast as I can. The only time it comes into play is like, if you know somebody that's like super fast or like sub elite and you're looking at their marathon and they just ran like a marathon and faster than you can do a half marathon. And you're like, <laughs> I have ran one mile in my entire life at like seven minutes, 22 seconds. Like I felt like throwing up, like it was terrible. They just ran an entire fucking marathon faster than that pace. Like how is that even humanly possible? Oh, those guys aggravate me. Oh, it's crazy. I know this is going to come out, uh, you know, a little bit later, but Black Canyon just happened last night or yesterday. And, you know, watching those guys throw down six minute miles on the trails uh, for six crazy miles. It just blows my mind. Like I, know, I, I did the, I did the pace calculator for the winter and it was 717. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. 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 For 62 miles, not a marathon, but 62 miles. You know what? I, I know there were some fast miles. Uh, I bet I could beat him at disc golf. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen some of the ultra runners out it. there? <laughs> Remember when we went back oh. to the hippie conversation? <laughs> are, you, are, are you familiar with uh, Patrick Sweeney? Yeah. The ultra marathoner yeah, out familiar. of California that like, runs naked. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah used to, you're talking about. he used to be a pro disc golfer. Oh, so yeah, there you go. That's, that's I mean, that's the final challenge. We got to go me versus him. But, uh, <laughs> he played barefoot. I mean, can you imagine throwing a disc barefoot? I, would, I, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing, so it would probably make sense to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. I've played in sandals a couple times. It's not a good time. Um, so you, but yeah, so you went from your trail half marathon and you no, said. No, that was a road. That was a road marathon. Oh, it was a road um, half. Yeah, okay. Road All half. Right. So then I discovered like, hey, you don't have to run on road, like you know, thanks to 10 truck miles. So I started looking up like trails because I, I had no idea. And a lot of, you know, hey, these are mountain bike trails. Well, you can run them. 
like no one ever told me that so <laughs> i went and discovered a bunch of uh mountain bike trails and i'm like this is so much more fun than road like yeah it's hilly like yeah you gotta walk more but it's just so much more scenic and just just so better yeah so definitely gravitated towards hey i'm gonna run more of these hills and uh my first ultra marathon was supposed to be the badger uh 50k but then COVID happened so i did the virtual so built up to it um i followed the hal higdon 50k yep. uh and kind of modified it again i because i looked at it and it's like oh you need to do speed work today you need to do that. i'm like yeah fuck that just i want to run the miles so uh got the miles in where i could and then um, I think where, when I actually did the, uh, the 50 K, um, the most I had ran at that point was 14 miles straight. So anything above 14 miles, this was all like brand new territory. No idea what it was going to be. So it was a lot of like, you know, I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah. It'll hurt. Like I'm going to spend all day if it takes me to do it. So sat out, uh, went out and ran the first, um, so yeah, I ran the first, but 10, I think alone. And then I had a friend, uh, I guess, pace me or kind of run with me for the next uh, 10 miles. So from you know, mile 10 to 20, we did it. And I was, I mean, I was feeling just fine. Nothing hurt. Um, on hindsight, I would have worn shoes that didn't already have like 700 miles on them. And that's oh. not even an over-exaggeration. Like they were very well-loved New Balances. <laughs> So about mile 20, uh, my feet obviously started hurting, but I was just like, well, I've never ran this far. Um, so obviously that's why things are hurting. And um, I was eating decent, um, drinking not enough, clearly, because I was feeling fine. And then I get to about mile 25 or so and start going downhill a little bit. And then I, I see my watch goes 26. And then I get to 26.2 and I'm like, what a stupid number. Why would you ever stop at this? I'm so glad I'm going to 50K. <laughs> so I had a little second win there. And then I got to about mile 28 and I was like, dude, I, I this sucks. Uh, my feet were on fire. I decided that I should just cut them off because it would hurt less. <laughs> and I, I uh, pegged one of my other friends who I had uh, just discovered. And we we became a pretty good running friends uh, recently. And he's like, hey, what do you need? Like, I'm out of work early. I was like, just give me water and just make sure I don't cut my feet off. So he he walked with me. I, I walked it in the last six miles. Um, and then I got to, yeah, I was like, Try, starting to remember here so my first uh so i got to the 50k mark i was walking in i took I, I sat down and i needed to go 33 miles because uh it was virtual and i also signed up for my friends on trained ultra race and what this was supposed to do is you run a 50k over the course of five days you run one mile 5k 15k half marathon there's some like some split where you break it over with five days and this is supposed to be hey if you're new to ultra money running this is how you do it well i was like i'm already running a 50k so i'll just do it all in one and just run 33 miles why not so limped in the last two miles and uh, my wife and kids had this like finish line set up for me and uh, my my kid was supposed to run the kids mile uh, marathon 
uh, at a, uh, we just kind of signed her up for one. So she ran the last mile with me so she could get her medal. And she was like, come on, daddy, I'm so much faster than you. Like, you're <laughs> <right> behind. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, trying to, to make sure that my, I can remain upright. And uh, yeah, I finally finished and just immediately collapsed on the grass. And I was like, I, you know, I did it. Like such satisfaction. Um, there was definitely some, some tears involved because, it's your first ultra you, you kind of have to yeah. um so just i didn't know uh, there was so much unknowns and and now looking back at it being experienced i was like god what like i could have done this better i could have done that better i, I definitely would have eaten more drank more and, and had different shoes <laughs> but um so yeah that was uh that was my first one and you know i was like officially an ultra runner now here's, here's the funny thing that was my first ultra as well that exact same one Badger so, virtual. Yeah, yeah. That's I awesome. had to I had to do it virtual as well because I um yeah, obviously. Well, I just signed up for the virtual. I didn't sign yeah. up to go out there. I signed up for the virtual, but I was uh planning on doing a 50 miler that summer. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll run a 50k prior to, and that'll be, you know, some good training. Um, yeah, that was my that was my first ultra too. It was kind of kind of funny That's because awesome. the 50k got or 50 mile got canceled and everything got canceled, but yeah. Yeah, so we, uh, April of, I don't know, 2020 or something like that. Yep. To, to even to make it even better, we had just moved houses that week. So four days later, we had literally just moved into a new house. And uh, this was back in, in Bismarck. And we had lived, like, our new house was freaking sweet. There's a river trail. Uh, it paved, but there's some there's some unpaved stuff by it. But the main running path in Bismarck that goes right by the river, it's like nine miles of just pavement along the river. I lived a block from that. So wow. it made it very easy to just go out the door and run and that's how I did my old diet. My I did like three loops of of ten, and then you know some out and backs. But yeah, I was uh, just moved like four days ago, so moving is stressful as hell. So I, I I felt undertrained, but it was just one of those things where I was determined that no matter what, if it takes me all day, if I have to walk it in, it's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. I made it happen. So you so got then, the itch from there, huh? Yeah. yeah. So from <laughs> from there, I mean, I, yeah, I, I had done it. So then it's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you do next? Um, so I wanted to do an in-person one, but it was still COVID. And then um, trying to, now I'm thinking that's like a while ago. So I'm trying to think of what uh, the next one was. It was another virtual one. I think what happened was um, I was planning on doing another one in the fall, but it didn't quite work out. And um, I got promoted at my job. So even though we had just moved, I found out that I'll be moving to Sioux Falls a, less than a year later. So we, we won't even be in this house for a year. Um, and we have three kids at this point. So we had just were going to move twice in a year with three kids. Things got pretty damn stressful. Um, started kind of uh, backsliding on, on the weights. Uh, I got down to 220 and then I shot back up to like 280 just with the stress not being able to run. Um, and then it was the, the course of moving, but you know, kind of got my head back on and uh, started training more. And I basically trained all winter and I was going to do uh, an April ultra. And this was the most dedicated, focused I'd been on training. Didn't miss a single workout. Um, 
kind of went down. I think I was at like two, two thirty-five, two forty again. And that was my so my second ultra was about a year later, and I absolutely smashed it. I mean, it went flawlessly. Um, I knew how to to lubricate with trail toes, uh, <laughs> you know, eat right. Hide the only mistake I had is I grabbed a Powerade that I thought had calories, but it was oh. zero calorie. And you know, I was like, ah, whatever, I'll stop in the next gas station because I did it fat ass style. But to this date, um, I think it was like a five hour, 22 minute, uh, 30, uh, 50K. But I felt like if I was I kept going that day like I probably could have done a 50 miler like there's no doubt in my mind because I just was I was still ready to go uh I was still feeling great so I've been trying to chase that ever since because <laughs> then shortly after that is when we had to to kind of move to Sioux Falls the running cook another um kind of backseat um and then you know more stress with that of moving to a different state I mean like I said you just moved from from South Dakota to Alaska I can't imagine how stressful that is so um, it's like my sixth one. So I'm used to it. <laughs> You're used to it. <laughs> in the military, you move like every three yeah. years. So it's like, yeah, it sucks, yeah. but you you get used to it. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out and I'm at like one place for a long time and be starting to itch. Probably. Yeah. For me, I <laughs> moving is like the one thing that makes me irrationally angry. I don't know why. Like I'm such an easygoing guy. Nothing really gets to me, but moving, like I just go like rage mode, like fuck this box. And <laughs> I hate moving. <laughs> they do it all for me. So I don't have to do anything. That's true. They, they come and pack all my stuff up and move it for me. So it's uh my wife stresses way more than I do. I'm like, yeah, I'll take care of itself. <laughs> so yeah, this, uh, this last year I did run, um, so after that, the um, two years ago, I ran the Badger in person. So another 50K, that was my first in-person ultra. Um, I just, I ran it with one of my 10 mile friends the whole time. Um, it was, it was definitely slower. I definitely wasn't as focused on the training, but I didn't care. It was my first one in person. I had planned to like, Hey, I'm, I'm in Wisconsin. Have you ever, have you done the Badger in person? I haven't. Have no, um, oh, Wisconsin is going to be one of the, so Robbie and I have a goal of running an ultra in every state. And so okay. Wisconsin is kind of dedicated to 10 junk miles. I just, perfect. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just not on my, my <laughs> list of important races right now. So I'm, I'm yeah. chasing a Western state. So that's kind of, say it's, it's, yeah, it's not a, not a qualifier or anything nah. like that. If no it comes a qualifier, I'll, but... I'll consider it, but yeah, I'm chasing a, a state's qualifier. But yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful out there. So I planned on just and um, you know, in within ten jerk miles, I'm I'm pretty involved with the community as far as um, we have like a, a Slack community where we chat and talk every day. Um, so that was the first time I got to like meet these people that we have done like happy hours, uh, book clubs, you know, Slack on every day. And these, I mean, these people were probably my closest friends that I didn't have in person. So yeah. being able to to actually meet them and hang out for the first time was incredible. So. So I was like, I had zero like goals, like just have fun. And it was an absolute blast just being out there, taking pictures, messing around on the trail. And just, it was beautiful. Uh, so that was my third uh, 50K. And then this last year, I got one of my other friends into 10 Junk Miles and I convinced her to run a, through my story, she's like, hey, if you can do this, I think I can too. And she asked if I would run, like basically pace her for the 50K. So uh, again, this year, like I, I, I still run, but I wasn't 
like training for anything. Yeah. Um, and through this too, I haven't really talked about um, is uh, I, I was working at B-dubs uh, as a general manager, well, manager, kitchen manager, general manager, I had opened two stores. So I was working like 89 hour weeks on my feet all day, which is great ultra marathon training. <laughs> um, now, now I'm back in IT. So I went from IT to like, uh, so when I first started the 5k, I was in IT and then, um, you know, having kids, having needing a second job, uh, through job transition, I got offered a management position to help open restaurants. So left IT became full-time manager at the restaurant, opened up restaurants, worked a shit ton of hours, decided that I like free time. And I actually, want to see my family so i got back into it so there was really wasn't a lot of dedicated training it was more or less just i'm on my feet all the time i'm running for fun so again you know i wasn't as focused as that 522 50k but um, my whole goal this time was you know get my runner across the finish line and yeah it was my fourth ultra like i'm not super experienced with it but i've i've run through it and i've done three i've made mistakes and i you know and i knew what it was going to take so it was completely a different experience because i didn't really focus on what i needed it was basically like, Hey, what do you need? You know, Hey, my, it's 45 minutes. Let's get you a snack. Let's, let's do this. And, um, you know, how's your water and just kind of like pacing, keeping her along the way, which is, you know, stupid stories or getting her mind off of things. Um, so it made a world of a difference where it was like one of my favorite ulcers I ran because I didn't feel like, um, wasn't really focused on me. So like my feet didn't hurt, like nothing went, you know, bad on my side. Cause it was all like, Hey, get, get my friend across the line and just seeing her go through the motions. And I'm like, Hey, I bet right now you want to cut your feet off. I've been there. <laughs> um, you know, Hey, there's a car driving by. I'm sure you want to jump in front of it. Let's That's not. Funny. And so <laughs> it was a blast. Uh, so I definitely, I, I love pacing. I would definitely do that again. Um, so that was my fourth one is, this last year getting her across so it still counts as a 50k finish i, I ran it but absolutely it was more uh just yeah get her across the line so i have a streak of the last four years of doing at least one ultra so i got to do something this year um i plan on just as far as the badger goes i'll be manning the aid station the whole weekend which is probably as much work as an ultra anyway <laughs> here Twi- for twice three as days. fun though. yeah twice as oh, fun so fun yeah. doing aid stations are blast yeah, I've I've done those the last uh, two years where I've I've volunteered the day before and then I run the 50k. So now I'm like, all right, I'm being at the, the aid station the whole day. So I'll have to try to find something local here to run. There's the the ultra community in South Dakota is actually I was blown away by how many of us are here. Yep. Because in North Dakota, there's like uh two or three like there's probably <laughs> some in the fargo area um but as far as the bismarck i mean yeah there's there's a there's a good running community but there i didn't know anybody that ran ultras in bismarck outside of i met one person uh who's who's uh who's she's uh ran a couple hundreds she's pretty badass so definitely now i come down here and there's a run club which is super awesome and it's like yeah this person doing this ultra this person's doing superior whole bunch <laughs> of guys in rapid like black hills i'm like oh man this, this is awesome you thought about jumping up to a 50 miler uh yeah i my in my head my next goal well is, i think you might as well just jump to a 100 miler because that's, I, that's exactly, the way you that's, jump yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna skip yeah. It. um i i think i want to do a 48 hour timed event with 100 yeah. as a goal Oh, that's a good idea. 
that way because you don't have to worry about the cutoffs you can you know do, do that's that's kind of my soft plan so i really like timed events i think that they they're just really forgiving for someone who has like a goal in mind um robbie and i ran a eight hour no it wasn't eight hour it was a 12 hour i don't know why it's eight hour um yeah it was a 12 hour race and i had a goal of doing 40 miles and so you know it was it, it, and then you know i got it and I, I stopped and i still had like an hour left but i just i was i was done <laughs> i hit my goal i didn't want to do anymore and then i wanted to cut my feet off so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's definitely it's gonna happen i don't know when um you know this this winter was uh pretty pretty hard um i, I had a seasonal affective disorder something fierce so uh kind of took a backseat from from disc running and just kind of you know it was not a good winter but uh turned the corner got one of these little sad lamps that uh made quite a difference and um started started consistently running again like i don't have a goal or anything in mind but i uh, get warmed up for the disc golf season so it'll happen um at some point but uh, it's kind of the the soft plan is you know volunteer with uh, 10 junk miles uh still be involved with the run club and and do disc golf there's always the Black you know, Hills. There's, and you got Glacier Hills too. Yeah. Glacier uh, I, I need to run uh, Newton Hills. I keep hearing is is really fun. I don't yeah, know. That's you, you guys, that's, that's the Glacier Hills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys uh, I did the, the um I did the twelve mile, whatever the K okay. that is, the twelve mile. Twenty K? I don't know. Yeah, it must be twenty. Yeah, I ran the I just ran for fun. I ran whatever the the two loops, whatever it is. Yeah. There, there's some fantastic trails in Sioux Falls. I mean, the bike path alone is sweet. That's actually my goal this year. I'll say is like in spring, I want to do the, the bike loop, which is like just over 20 miles. Um, but yeah, like Tut Hill, I mean, they have a sweet bike, uh, um, mountain bike trail and then there's a disc golf course there so it's like hey this is all my my, my activities right here i can go for a trail run and then play disc golf um uh, new uh good earth state park you guys have been there um fantastic trails there uh really good for elevation uh it's definitely a lot a lot more than i thought you know being just a city in the midwest yeah yeah it's kind of crazy that there's a bunch of trails there and i i follow a bunch of people on Strava and have some really good friends out there that I just like, how do you get that much elevation out there? It's full. Oh, yeah. No, good earth is, man, there is some crazy elevation out there. There's a, there's one that I found, uh, it's like in the Northern part of town. It's like a like leaders park, I think, but it's like next to the interstate. Like you were less than 500 feet away from the interstate, but like you were in some dense forest, like Lord of the Rings type shit. Like you get lost, <laughs> but it's this really sweet, like just about two mile loop. It's super brutal. There's like, it's super, I mean, technical. I mean, as technical as Sioux Falls, South Dakota is going to get. I mean, there's yeah. times where I had to turn off my podcast and focus on where my feet were hitting. So I didn't trip. <laughs> um, was, man, I love, I love that. Just running that. Yeah. Trail riding yeah, is something I, special. Yep, I, I know the the Rapid City area, of Black Hills, has a lot of beautiful uh, trails. Um, I've been out to like Spearfish Canyon for disc golf, but I haven't run out there yet, so it's on the list. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a hidden gem. Well, it's not hidden anymore. We just told everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. So, so no no races in the future then, huh? Nothing planned. Uh, just yeah, just kind of the 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 bike the bike path. Um, yeah, nothing planned. It's more uh, I'm more active in the disc golf community right now, so definitely some tournaments planned, um, running leagues and things like that, and uh, getting my kids more involved. the The running club here does kid 
kid uh, race events and I've taken my kids there uh, two or three times and they absolutely love it. So just kind of getting them more involved. Uh, my girl's in uh, Girl Scouts now, so selling Girl Scout cookies and uh, one girl's in dance. So, <laughs> you know, getting to like, it, it's really hard to balance, you know, hey, like, you know, work and then all your kids' activities and then, you know, time with the wife. And then it's like, all right, well, I need my time. So balancing yeah. it between disc golf and running and, you know, meal meal prepping for the week. Uh, so I, I do love cooking. So it's, uh Yeah it's hard to i mean that's that's the one downside of ultras is you're you run a lot i mean running like 50 60 miles a week unless you're super fast it's a time commitment i mean you you guys know and i think you talked about it in your last podcast too a little bit um i think you uh if i remember right you brought up the camille heron thing where she goes you know you don't run the the 20 miles do your you do your splits it's like well i love camille but it's easier to for you to say that when that's your job yeah <laughs> you know, i remember when i was working in IT and at B-dubs, uh, I would run three times a day to get seven miles. I would run four at lunch, and a mile and a half to get from IT to B-dubs, and then after my B-dub shift would run an hour, a mile and a half back. Yep. And I was like, that's my whole day. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, Well, any big tournament you got planned to, to go to, maybe out of state or something, big cash prize um, type tournaments? More or less, just kind of local. I mean, again, with three kids, it's hard to, to yeah. kind of make that uh, you know commitment. So it's more or less just, hey, there's a tournament this weekend. You know, there's there's one in Aberdeen. Um, there's one in uh, Nebraska. I try to hit every year. It's a temp one on a golf course. It's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, last year kind of sucked because it was like 40 mile an hour wind. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was still you know still a good you know, a bad day of disc golf is still better than a good day of work. So yeah, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> So no, really, my plan is just I need to be more consistent. Uh, need to to get back on the weight loss train, uh, and then just kind of, I mean, really be consistent with you know, running. Um, and then once once it gets a little warmer, I'll get back in my disc golf field work because that's that's a lot of steps, a lot of time on feet, and it does translate to running pretty well. Um, I was able to, you know, I did actually run my first road marathon last year. I signed up for the Fargo Marathon, which is an absolute blast. I mean, I, I'm more of a trail guy, but with the Fargo Marathon, they have like bands and stuff that play like along the side as you're running. There's like hundreds of people that'll come out and like cheer wow. out, cheer you on. It's super flat. Um, so that was super fun. That was my first half marathon that I ran. And then I decided to run the marathon. COVID happened. I deferred two years. And then last year I was like, well, shit, I got to use this. <laughs> like, I'm in no shape to run a marathon. But uh, just kind of using what, you know, the, the buildup I had, I was able to, to knock it out. So, um, so yeah, I, regardless of my backslides, I've been consistent enough to where I can continually run um, and just kind of, you know, now that we're not moving anywhere, we're, we're in, the, <laughs> in the swing of things, you know, we're, we're staying put, uh, the kids are getting older, but uh, yeah, we're not moving anywhere, got a consistent job and things are, I mean, they're starting to fall into place. So good, good. Well, hey, we always ask our guest, our desk, our guest, a couple of questions at the uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, first off, you can answer both in ultra running and and disc golf. But what kind of gear are you using? So for ultra running, uh, my vest is my favorite thing. I have a 
Yeah, it's literally just a camelback vest that I found on sale at Sam's Club. And I was like, I, I don't know how much a discounted like vest is going to work, but it, it works pretty freaking well. I've had to change the bladder out because the first bladder leaked. Um, but changing the bladder out, it's been great after that. I hate holding shit in my hands while I run. Like I can't do it. So even <laughs> on just like six mile, seven mile runs, I want to fill it with water. I just wear it just so I don't have to carry things. Um, so that's kind of my, my biggest thing. Um, I wear, I like, like Hoka, um, Hoka shoes. So Hoka Bondies are, are my favorite, but, um, New Balance, uh, that was the first running shoe that I really tried on. It was, it was fun going to, I went to Fleet Feet and they did the whole scan mm -hmm. and I went in there. I was like, I want Brooks Ghosts because they sound cool as hell. Like I didn't know anything about running shoes at that point. So they're like, you know, took the scan of your foot, watch me round, watch me walk, watch me run. And he's like, all right, we have these like four shoes for you. And then it was like a Brooks Ghost, the New Balance 1080 V6 or something like that. And two other ones. And I remember thinking in my head, I was like, just anything but the New Balance. Like, I don't want a dad shoe for running. What the hell? <laughs> and um, I tried on the Brooks Ghost. I was excited. He brought that one out. And I was like, you know, this this feels okay, but it's not, it doesn't feel great. And as soon as I tried, like I slipped on that New Balance. It was like that scene in Harry Potter where he gets that rond, like, you know, <laughs> boxes started flying off the shelves like <laughs> hair started like standing up i was like god damn it these are the ones <laughs> so um, uh, i've been partial to them and then kind of like the bondy for the cushioning especially on the long uh, the long runs i do like that but i there isn't like i, I want to be one of those shoe guys but i i don't have like the 20 different shoes that i've tried so i stick with what i know is good so yeah, yeah just, is... just message me if you want to uh, shoe <laughs> advice because i've tried them all Oh, I, uh, <laughs> my wife rolls her eyes every time. Like, you got another new pair? Like, oh, yeah, well, you know. I'll get to the disc. Now, it's probably the same way with the disc, but <laughs> it's a little better to justify $20 on a disc than it is a uh, you know, $100 a pair of shoes. I wish they were $100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a, yeah. Um, Somebody then, uh, walked in my room the other day and they were like, oh my gosh, how many pair of shoes do you have? And I was like, in this room, probably 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and then, yeah, Cor my Coros watch, uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, jumped ship from Garmin and I absolutely love that. Uh, as far as, um, fueling, I love the Yukan bars, the, okay. uh, like the cherry. Um, I've done, I've done goose. I don't mind goose. Uh, they're not my go-to. Like I, I like real food, but, um, so yeah, Yukan bars or like, uh, salted watermelon goose. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just, just kind of, there's nothing I'm really like, I, I'm down for whatever, you know, off at an aid station, whatever looks good. Um, yeah. but I, I tended to, to go for just, you know, real food versus, um, tailwind or goo or anything like that. But yeah, the Yukan cherry bars are fantastic. I, I absolutely love those. Yeah. I've been wanting to try Yukan for a while. I just, I, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I need to, I need to look into it a little bit more, but it does intrigue me yeah. with the whole like super starch. <laughs> I'm sure there's some science behind it. I don't know. Just good, as long as it gets me from point A to point B, and you don't shit my pants in the process, like that's all I need. You know? <laughs> well, wait, <laughs> you haven't jumped up in distance yet. I was going to say, oh man, no, I've I've had those, man. I've I've been training runs at night, and it's like I'm glad that I'm here <laughs> in the middle yeah. of nowhere. So I've, well, I guess you're just working beat up, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feeling with some boneless wings and then having to go run a mile and a half to your car. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's, 
Um, and then as far as disc golf goes, um, I was sponsored at some point. Uh, I was on what's called Team Trilogy, which is like a um, you throw three different brands, uh, disc, dynamic discs, Latitude 64 and Westside. But then I realized like, I'm not going on tour. Like there's so many cool discs out there. I mean, it'd be like you and shoes, you know, if you were sponsored by you know, Hoka or whatever, but like, I'm sure that you like, you know, Hoka, Brooks, New Balance, uh, like I'm sure I, I'm guessing, but I'm sure that you, your 20 different shoes are all different brands, right? They are. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you don't want to be tied down unless they're going to be buying you shoes. Like you probably don't want to be tied down to a manufacturer. So, well, as it would have it, I am on the Brooks run happy team this year. Okay. So, well, so I'm kind of tied down this year. <laughs> uh, hey, that, that means you're Just getting your words here. Hey, you're getting free books from Brooks out of it, right? Or yeah, is that, that is true? That is true. So he has something out. Of it. If I got free discs out of it, yeah, absolutely. You know, I could I could throw anything. Um, but as far as what I, what I like, so I was on that team. Now I just kind of throw a mixed bag. Um, so just kind of whatever discs uh, that I want. Um, yeah, if if you're, if you're try wanting to try a disc i mean there's just so many there's so many out there right now uh just grab what you think looks cool and have fun all it takes is one good throw and you'll be hooked yeah so there's really nothing nothing crazy i mean i have discs that i like but like i said i can you put a disc in my hands i can figure out how to make it work so um the other i mean i i have a couple local manufacturer sponsors this year um uh team big cat team dead eye but those are just kind of like local retailers uh the coolest i guess i'm not really sponsored but i'm on their ambassador team is athletic brewing that stuff is amazing yeah so i like that like that for for disc golf and for running i mean locale non-alcoholic beer you can't go wrong so with uh with pdga if you're in a sanction tournament you're not allowed to have alcohol during the round so you, you got an athletic brewing that's a good way to get around it if you want a nice beer in the middle of your round so yeah that is true that is true so uh another question we ask is um who should we have on the podcast who's a uh who's a someone who's inspired you or has a cool story that you know maybe we should uh have on uh, I mean, if you guys know Tenjuk Miles, I mean, I got to say Scotty Coomer, he's kind of the one who runs it. Uh, his story is absolutely inspiring. Um, I mean, really, he was he, like, as weird as it is to say, like, he was the one who kicked everything off for me. Uh, you know, without him, there wouldn't be a Tenjuk Miles. There wouldn't have been an ultra. Like, I probably wouldn't even know about ultras or trail running. Um, and his story is just absolutely incredible. So, uh, by default, you know, I, I definitely say him, um, along, um, the, uh, if you want something a little more obscure, I would say, uh, uh, Teresa in, in, uh, North Dakota. Um, she's the, the person that, the only other person I know in North in uh, Bismarck, who's an ultra runner and she's ran a couple hundred. She's ran black Hills, I believe a couple times, um, pull her up here, uh, Teresa Addison. Um, she's, uh, you know, just an, uh, I would say it kind of a fits the podcast exactly. You know, a normal person. She's got you know two kids working, um, and uh, just likes running and has uh, pulled out a couple pretty awesome hundred milers. Uh, she qualified for Boston, ran Boston, so she's she's super awesome. Yeah, cool, awesome. Well, man, uh, we'll give you a couple of minutes to to blast anything out that you want to. Where can people find you? Stuff like that, like. Take yeah, time. I, uh, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. So, I mean, if you find me, I mean, Joshua Wine on Facebook, I'll probably get you a friend request. 
on Instagram. Uh, I think I changed my my handle. I think I'm disc Josh 23 on there. Um, those are the two kind of main places. Uh, if you go on there, it's pretty much you're going to get disc golf, uh, food pictures and running. I'm a pretty big foodie. Uh, fun fact, I'm actually in a meal prep recipe book. Uh, there was a group of uh, people on YouTube that made meal preps and I would I would do their I'd copy their meal prep and then tag them in it like, hey, I made this. And they wanted to make a book. So they reached out to me and they said, hey, you're already making our recipes. Like we're making a recipe book. Do you want to be like a tester? So I was like, hell yeah. So I got contacted by uh, Penguin Publishing, I think it was, or some publishing company and they're, you know, signed the contract and I got got paid to test recipes. So, and I got to be, uh, I'm noted in the book in the credits. So oh, that's uh, cool. I tried, tried doing a signing at Barnes and Noble, but they, they didn't, uh, didn't go for that. So <laughs> you can't, I don't think you can find the book anymore. It's been out for a few years, but it's really cool to be able to say like, heck yeah, I'm in a recipe book. What's the name um, of it? It's just called healthy meal prep. Oh, um, so I, that YouTube, yeah, those people aren't around anymore, unfortunately. But uh, I'm still going strong, making my meal preps. Um, if you want a whole bank of them, um, if you use Reddit, uh, if you go to reddit.com/r/hxcjosh23mealprep, you can see I have like 30 or 40, like every one I've ever done. So, if you need some meal prep ideas, I got you. Sweet. Well, thanks, Josh, also, for coming I was, on. I was oh, say, also, ahead, yeah. I uh, <laughs> no, it's completely, completely non-running, non-disc golf, non-food related. Uh, my friend and I have a podcast where we argue about music uh, called Tune Trials. So if you go on YouTube for search Tune Trials, and you'll get to see us argue about music. Sweet. Got to well, plug that. Well, now I got to know, like, what's the what what music? What are you into? Uh, everything, everything, everything but country, really. Oh, um, and even okay. even oh, con- even country, like I don't. <laughs> It's not that I don't hate it. It's just not my go-to. But I mean, like, I feel like you don't know real country. See that that could be the like that could be the thing. I mean, you know, so, the, the, so, so here I got I got I got some for you. Have me on the podcast. I'll introduce you to some real country. None of this that, like snap pop country stuff. That's good. I'll come on that, and introduce you guys. That'd be great. Um, yeah, our <laughs> our format is uh, is pretty unique, where we take a like a music hot take. Um, like uh, one was uh, if you remember the Flock of Seagulls, that band from the eighties that sang yeah. Iran. Uh, I was like, hey, they're more than a one hit wonder. Their their tracks are are all pretty sweet, and they deserve to be revisited. So that was my you know pitch, and then my co-host is like, no, they suck. They should just be a one-hit wonder. So we dive into their are their uh, their whole discography. We go over uh, stories and uh, each song by song, and then we basically determine who's right or who's wrong. Uh, one we did recently was Outcast. Getting to do their whole discography was super cool. Uh, yeah. That was the one where we got pretty heated because I claim that Hey Y'all was the the turning point. That's when hip hop started becoming mainstream and was able to make top 40 hits he didn't see it that way so we got a little heated on that one but it's all fun that's we did uh we did one (laughs) yeah great fantastic uh album uh we did one with uh with scotty from 10 junk miles where we did uh grease versus xanadu a side-by-side comparison so if that gives you any idea about the music genres that were expanding um so yeah if you want to come on and, and throw down some country absolutely you I got uh, you guys you I do enjoy listening to to your guys's podcast uh you know we it's you know pretty we're all pretty laid back we all like running so absolutely love to hang out with you guys and talk more anytime sweet all right you heard it here go uh go listen to his podcast if you want some good music reviews uh he gave you a spot to get some meal prep he's a uh 
four-time ultra runner finisher. He is a pro disc golfer. Josh Holbein, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, if you like this Thank podcast, uh, please uh, reach out on the platform that you listen to. Leave us a review. Uh, give us a shout out on Instagram. You can find us at Golden Hour Adventures uh, Podcast, I believe, on Instagram. We're now on Facebook, yeah. too. We do have some yeah. sweet swag. Uh, there it is again, sweet. Go out there, sweet. Uh, get some swag, rep- represent us, um, help us grow. So thanks again. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at BackbeatSound1776 or email us at BackbeatSound1776 at gmail.com.